0: Good morning. Today, we will examine how the conflict between Israeli forces and Palestinians is affecting Tel Aviv's political landscape. We will then revisit Australia's relationship with China after the United States of America voiced strong support for Canberra, and we will finally discuss Greece's decision to reopen its borders for tourism. Today is Tuesday, the 18th of May. I am Arunava, and you're listening to the Leader's Brief by Ego Monk. Up till a month ago, ousting Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu presently undergoing trial for criminal charges from his seat was a likely possibility. Despite the country's high court rejecting a petition seeking Mr. Netanyahu's removal over his ongoing trial, it noted that there exists a difficulty in the fact that a prime minister is accused of grave crimes. In fact, earlier this month, Avigdor Liberman, head of the country's center-right Israel Bethno, had tweeted after his ally, Yesh chief, Yar Lapid, was tasked with forming Israel's next government that the country could see the forming of a new government in as little as a week's time. He wrote on Twitter, quote, I welcome the president's speed in making the right decision by handling the mandate to Yar Lapid. It is now up to us, the party leaders in the block of change. As one well acquainted with their positions, I can reassure Israelis that a stable government can be presented as soon as next week, end quote. However, The country's political dynamics have changed greatly in the last two weeks as clashes between Israel and Palestinian forces escalated into one of the worst confrontations Israel has seen in years. Constant missile attacks by Palestine-backed forces and Israel's retaliatory airstrikes for the last seven years has killed over 100 people, including almost 30 children, most of whom were Palestinians. The situation has worsened to a point where frequent reports of confrontations between the Israeli majority and the country's minority Arab population threatens the possibility of civil war. Israel has a population of approximately 21.1% Arabs. In light of the situation, Naftali Bennett, whose ultra-nationalist Yamina party is key to forming a coalition before President Revan Rivlin's 28-day mandate ends, has decided to abandon coalition talks with Yesh Atid for a wider unity coalition government. Besides, the possibility of a rotation government, with both Mr. Bennett and yar Lepid serving half-terms as prime ministers, would need the support of Arab legislators. Given most recent developments, the likelihood of a fifth Israeli election in two years remains very high. Moving on to the Indo-Pacific, the United States of America last week announced a strongly worded support for Australia in its ongoing creative with Beijing. Addressing a joint conference with Australian Foreign Minister Mary Spain, the United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken said, quote, I reiterated that the United States will not leave Australia alone on the field, or maybe I should say alone on the pitch, in the face of economic coercion by China. That's what allies do." End quote. Earlier this month, China had suspended key economic dialogue with Canberra for an indefinite period, accusing it of fostering Cold War mentality and ideological bias. The two countries had shared a trade volume of over $730 billion last year, with China being Australia's largest trade market. But the last two years have seen increasing trade tension between Canberra and Beijing after the former decided to ban the use of Chinese tech giant Huawei's equipment for 5G development in the country. Tensions between the two countries increased in April last year, after Miss Payne called for a global inquiry into the origins of the coronavirus pandemic, including China's handling of the initial outbreak in Wuhan. Earlier, Australia had decided to scrap two projects involving Beijing's Belt and Road Initiative. The deals were among four projects the Australian federal government vetoed to cancel under a legislation that gave it the power to overrule international agreements by low-level administrations that violated national interest. China had called the move another unreasonable provocation by Australia. And Beijing's foreign ministry had said it was probing the possibility of taking further action. Since then, Beijing has targeted a series of Australian businesses, including barley, beef, wine, copper, and coal. Welcoming the USA's support, the Australian foreign minister said it should embolden other countries to stand up to Beijing when the Chinese government threatens their national values and interests. Ms. Payne revealed that the Australian government is pushing for a more thorough investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. But despite its strong stand against Beijing, Australia needs to find alternate markets for its products if it wants to emerge victorious at the end of the trade tiff. Moving on to the European continent, Greece's tourism minister Harry Theo Harris announced the country's reopening for international tourists who have been vaccinated against COVID-19 from last Friday. The announcement is a much-needed development for a country which sees 16 to 20 percent of its GDP depend on the tourism industry that has been crippled by the COVID pandemic. Of all sectors the COVID pandemic has hit, travel and tourism continue to be the worst affected. Estimated losses from the plunge in international tourism is about $2 trillion, or roughly 20% of global GDP. Last year, Greece, which had seen its tourism revenues peak to 38.1 billion euros in 2019, saw it drop by over 60% to 14.8 billion euros the next year, the lowest in over a decade. However, despite opening up to tourists, the country was still seeing a seven-day average of over 2,500 cases till last week, and the situation is likely to decrease its value as a tourist destination. The decision has also led to concerns, particularly in Europe, about the effectiveness of safety measures the country wishes to employ. The Greek tourism minister, too, said last week that the biggest wager was to open in safety. But while noting that the challenge last year was to keep the tourism industry, a pillar of national economy for decades, alive, he expressed optimism about revenue generation this year. Under the government's plan, travelers to Greece would be required to submit a certificate of vaccination against COVID-19, a certificate of recovery from the 2019 coronavirus, or a recent negative test. That is all for today. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow with more happenings from around the world. Tune in to Egomonk to stay updated on the latest happenings and their impact on global trade, technology, and innovation. Egomonk helps you make sense of change. We are a global intelligence platform delivering asymmetric outcomes by bringing organizations closer to the communities they want to serve and the leaders they wish to influence. Visit our website insights.egomonk.com, that is insights.egomong.com to subscribe and make better and faster decisions today. If you wish to collaborate with us, then please email us at contact at the rate egomong.com.